What's up, world? You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report, where we are here to talk all things power. And it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for Book 2, Season 3, Episode 10, the season finale. And uh, wow, this was a crazy one. So, of course, I am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... This is Carlos D. What's going on? Not much, man. This one was a wild one. Um, some good, some bad, a little bit ugly. How how did you think? Well, how did you feel about this um, this episode? What what were you expecting uh, leading up to actually watching it? I mean, well, you know, it's the season finale, so they always got to leave us with some type of cliffhanger or something exciting to get us ready to come back for next season. Uh, but this was a good episode uh, for the most part. It didn't have many down parts to it. Um, you know, it had some twists and some turns, and definitely a shocking ending. Um, so I enjoyed it. Thought it was one of the best ones of this season. Indeed, indeed. Um, I enjoyed it. The you know that I definitely have to agree. A lot of twists and turns in here. Um, the ending was shocking, but more shocking was kind of how it was. I, I don't know how it was executed. Uh, but I'll of course get to that when we get to that. Um, so yeah, folks. Uh, as we confirmed last week, um, book four, Force, will be returning September first. So be sure to look for your boys then. Um, until then, be sure to go back and check out our season one recap of Force and pretty much anything else that you see under the PLP podcast as well as the Off the Clock podcast. Um, so that being said, are we ready to dive in? Hey, yeah, man. Let's get it. All right. So our episode kicks off with a nice little montage. Uh, somebody, whoever was directing this week, decided to get a little, try to get a little artsy, a little deep. With the reflections. Um, and petals and all that. <laughs> that. That was the weirdest one to me. I was like, you're clearly dressed to the nines and you're deliberately stepping in this puddle. But hey, I mean, art. Mm-hmm. You did what the, you did what the director asked of you. So I ain't even going to knock you for it. Um, so this, this pretty much picks up literally the next morning. Uh, Tariq is kind of recovering from being knocked out. And uh, Brayden is giving him the, the, the head, you know, the, well, excuse me, he's giving Brayden the rundown of what in the world's been going on. And um, it, he pretty much confirms that from what he knows, Monet told Tommy where to find his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, we also kind of get confirmation the way they, they set up the previously on that Sachs did, in fact, send out um, Tasha's location to a few people. Um, so Tariq is, you know, he's obviously flustered. You know, he's got he got knocked out. His mom's missing and he needs to figure out what's going on. Uh, but at, I think the, the biggest part about this particular scene was it seems like Brayden and Tariq are back on good terms mm-hmm. um, in this particular scene, which I, I appreciated. How did you feel about the opening montage and in this uh, our boys reunited? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you said the montage pretty clear. It was some, somebody trying to be very artistic. And it was cool. It was a good little fun segue, or not fun, but it was an interesting twist on the way they shot it. Um, and then you said, hey, I think that's the biggest thing that came out of the scene. Just the boys are back together. They seem to be on the same page. They seem to have gotten past the little bickering and fighting and even physical fight they had got in a few episodes ago. Um, and then it ends kind of in a shocking fashion. I guess Braden's just carrying guns all the time. Because Tariq asked him if he's strapped, and Braden says, of course, like he's always strapped. Uh, and he gives him a, a gun as he starts to go on his mission of possibly thinking about taking out the Tejadas. Indeed, indeed. Speaking of Tejadas, Monet and Noma face-to-face. And Monet, being the master manipulator she is, immediately undercuts her kids and her surrogate kids in Brayden and Tariq and puts herself in position to pretty much be the hand of Noma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was wondering when, you know, at... at we had to see Noma at least in this episode. Cause I don't think we saw her at all. No, we didn't. She wasn't present at all. The last maybe two. I don't think I've seen her since Italy. Yeah. Uh, Obi's been popping up. So she had to pop up in this one. Uh, we get the, the questioning like um, this ring. What do you know about it? And she's pretty much like, look, who cares about Mecca? Like I'm here to, to take over. Like I'm here to pick up where he left off. And do some business. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? And um, why don't you just take us from there to uh, Tariq's first stop 
on his uh his mission to to get answers. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the first thing I was thinking was like, how did Monet even get in contact with Noma? Is it like like a a, a bad guy phone book where they all just sort of like connect to each other? Because she never met Noma before. She wasn't involved in any of the business dealings with Noma in the past. So I was like, how did Monet get access to Noma? But uh, you know, that's just TV. Uh, and then why is Mo- Noma so trusting in Monet? Right. Uh, when she literally gave her reasons why she shouldn't be trusting ever. And then Monet hasn't, she made Tariq and, uh, uh, you know, the Scooby gang jump through hoops uh, to proving themselves. And she let Monet take over the business with just a conversation about, I guess, a shared lover. Uh, so it didn't really make sense. Um, but Monet, like I said, she did what she did. She got herself from the bottom back to the top very easily. Uh, and it took very little effort. Um, and then <laughs> the next scene is just a fun scene, uh, to me at least, is when Tariq goes to visit Kate. Uh, Tommy's mom, uh, and she just is so wacky. It's like every time yeah. she's on the screen, yeah. she's just doing something silly or wacky or goofy, uh, or just like you like what normal person acts like this. She's completely unserious, right? About no matter what it is, somebody can be at her door with death. She don't care. Um, uh, so it's just, it was just crazy. Uh, but they go through the motions. Um, he does some idle threats that she kind of like laughs off. It's like, look, you know, I basically was knowing since you in your diapers. I'm not really concerned about you hurting me or anything like that. Um, but she did give him some vital information and that Tommy was made to know about Tasha's location from a Monet. Uh, actually, she didn't know her name properly, but yeah. he basically told her it was Monet. Uh, what yeah. you think? What you think of Kate and, and Teresa interactions? Uh, pretty much the same. It was fun to see her and with, well, with what happened later, I was thinking, oh, okay, well, we'll probably see her again because I feel like she's going to be the one that pieces together that who she met wasn't actually who she met. But while I was thinking that, I also remembered that when we when we get into Kate's house, there's moving boxes. So this pretty much leads me to believe that she's going to be taking the trip to Chicago to get closer to her other son and her grandson. So I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see more Kate in a force, which shout out to that actress for getting a check. And she'll probably be the, 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 you know, the comic relief to a degree. Um, and someone to just kind of like nonviolently be a thorn in Tommy's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, pretty much everything you said, like, you know, completely unserious. She'll take nothing serious. Um, but, you know, Tariq is on a mission and he's pieced together that for whatever reason, uh, because even even at the time, I was like, this makes this is wild. Like, why would Monet betray Tariq like this in in the moment? Right. Um, anything on that before we go back to uh, Monet and Noma having their woman to woman moment? I don't know. You go for it. OK. The main thing I picked up from that was that Noma is a murderous probably psychopath but decent mother um she was like look like i keep my family like i kept my family far away from this life whereas in monet was a complete opposite like she pretty much grew them in that life like i raised them like sprinkled them and it was just wild like of all people to kind of like counteract well not well not counteract contrast mothering in this life it would be noma of all people um she's like oh wow like she's actually at least as a mother she can you you could tell she's probably like decent nurturing um but clearly not to her henchmen because obi gets his lesson in loyalty and gets himself a souvenir Mm -hmm. um as a reminder how did how did you feel uh yeah i mean so yeah i think that was just all a part of uh, just another one of these villainous moments they have on the show. They had to show him getting punished in some type of gruesome way. Uh, but to me, it just once again comes off as like more wacky uh, compared to like menacing for them. Um, but I also I think it, it does a good job of probably setting up some descent between No Man Obi yeah. that we see build with Tariq and may lead into actions in the the fourth season uh, once we get to kind of how the, how the show ends. So I think it was just all foreshadowing and setting that up. Indeed. So we got Team Rico on the move. Their their targets are Effie and Diana. Um, if we can get one of them to crack, 
we can get the info that we need, which on paper, solid plan. Um, Effie is a loner to a degree. So it's like it, it would make more sense that, you know, she's the the one that you would lean on in this particular Rico because, you know, they could always distruthfully, of course, threaten her with, you know, putting her under the jail. And then, of course, Diana, they know while she was slick with it, she's definitely not built for it, like for this life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, anything on that? No, no. I think it was just kind of a setup of what's going on uh, and what they hope to kind of gain out of their struggling task force, which is looks to be on its last legs, yeah. at least at this point in the show. For sure. Um, so meanwhile, back at the, the hideout, Monet is fully back in charge and back in her full Monet-ness, bossing people around, insulting people. Mm-hmm. Um, Obi didn't even have time to put Neosporin on that on that shit. Right. Um, but it was it was interesting that they all kind of just was like kind of slightly defeated, like it's whatever. Um, so she wants to talk to to Tariq. Pulls a gun on Tariq. Right. And for what, you know, blames Tariq for Noma figuring out that she killed Mecca, which I forgot to mention that earlier, that Noma put two and two together, uh, but surprisingly wasn't that heartbroken over it. Um, but again, what reason does Tariq have to expose Monet? Like, I, it, it makes sense at this point in the game that they're all paranoid. Um, so it's like, I can't really knock it. Um and Tariq, he's fed up. He wants moms. He, he wants to know what happened to his moms. He damn near pulled out on her in broad daylight. And Obi, being useful for once. I was like, oh, you know what? If you'd have given us a little bit more of, like, some wisdom, like, throughout this, this you know, this season, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably like you a little more. But who knows? Like, with what you said earlier with the whole possibility of descent, Maybe Obi will be a, a a bit more slightly likable character because he was pretty much speaking speaking truth. Right. But like, look, man, you helped me out and I appreciate that. But this I need you to understand the severity of the, the situation you're in right now. Mm-hmm. It's like the last thing you'd really want to do, even though I know it's what he wants to do is kill Monet. The last thing you'd want to do with Noma literally in town is to do some shit like this. Like, this would be bad for everyone. Um, so I, I kind of appreciated that. Uh, what, what's your... what's your? Oh, nah, go ahead. Give okay. me your thoughts and go into uh, the, 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 the meeting. Uh, I mean, my thoughts are, like I said, I think it's a lot of what you just said already. Uh, I think it's just kind of finally giving us some character development uh, from Obi, where he's just like this uh, weird henchman. I think over the last couple of episodes, even I thought it was kind of cheesy when they added the thing about his family and the green cards and gave you at least some motivation as to why he is like this uh, douche hit man or douche henchman. Um, so I think that's just kind of building. So maybe he'll have a bigger role next season uh, and then we can kind of get a little bit more and have more investment. Because in, I think that that's what they didn't do a good job this year is making us invest in these secondary characters. They gave us a lot of them, but they didn't really do anything to kind of make them important to us other than the fact that they show up from every once in a while. Um, so I hope they do a little better job that with Obi next year. Um, and then the next, and then after this, so he stops right there from doing what Obi asked him to do. But it didn't, I mean, uh, from not engaging Monet. But it didn't stop him from trying to at least follow her down the street. Which, of course, out of nowhere, somehow Tommy shows up. He blocks him in. They get out the car. They both pull guns and again in broad daylight. Uh, apparently in New York, he just ride around town shooting, not shooting people, but pulling guns out, acting crazy. Um, and then they get into this kind of discussion about um, what happened between him and Tasha, how him and Tasha just kind of squashed their beef. Uh, they both just said, basically, we're sorry. We both did bad things, but we had to do what we had to do. And since they're only the, they're only the family that each other has left, they are committed back to being friends and um, have killed the entire beef. Um, and then he gave him a little bit of life advice, which somebody should have gave Tariq a long time ago. It was like, you can't do this halfway. Either you are invested in this game and this is what your life is going to be, or you want to be a college student or you want to do something else, but there's no halfway in this. Um, and he needs, he told Tariq, if he, you know, he needs to figure it out. What, what are you committing to? Are you in this or out? And if you're in, maybe the war thing could happen, but if you're not fully invested, then maybe you need to think of a different profession. So what'd you think of the Tommy and ghost, not, not ghost, Tommy and Tariq reunion and the squash um, beef? 
<laughs> it was a little, I, it was just, it felt when it was over, it just felt like it was just like, okay, here's what happened. Accept it. Um, I don't know. It, it's not that I don't believe what happened, but like, I almost feel like if this is the way you were going to have them squash it, I feel like you could have done this earlier in the season to get it out of the way. Like this buildup, like you're going to have this manhunt for, for Tommy that you immediately resolve the next episode um, in the, like the first borderline 15 minutes and them, you know, whispering and talking about, you know, his life in Chicago and his family and everything like that. And, and it's just like this, this could have been handled earlier in the season. Um, and you could have used this time for something else. So, yeah, it, it, I, I guess I appreciate them wrapping it up. I just feel like it could have been a little better um, executed. Uh, but, yeah, just like you said, Tommy was like he was right. Like trying to trying to play both sides is what dragged Ghost down. Um, to be fair, Ghost didn't have a real choice. Um, he was trying to go to one side, but people on the other side weren't letting him do it. Um, but you know, he, he put, he put himself in that life to begin with. So it is what it is. So, you know, Tariq makes a plea to Tommy, like, well, help me figure this shit out. And he's like, look, man, I'm already dead. I got my own shit to deal with. You're your own man. You kind of help create this mess. You gotta, you gotta clean this mess up on your own. Um, so it was just, it was an interesting scene. Like, I feel like it could have been executed better, but it was whatever. Um, but he, he told him like, war is not the smartest move here. Um, which is smart. Like war is never really good for business and just in general. So from there, we get a really quick scene that pretty much just shows Tate being up in the polls and he proposes and I was just like, okay, it's whatever. Anything? No, I think didn't think so. Much, yeah. Okay. So we got the Tejada kids in turmoil. Um, this was a, this was a really interesting scene. Uh, Kane is kind of thrown in the towel. He's like, look, she got up, she got the one up on us. Um, Drew still fed up with it. And it's like, look, like you gotta do something and stop being like, he he's done and he's over it. Um, but I think the best part about this scene was what happened after, well, at the end of it where Kane leaves Oh, but uh, before I get to that, Kane pretty much tells him, like, y'all, the, the normal life is not going to happen for either one of you. Like, we're drug dealers. This is what it is. We never had a choice, but this is what it is. Stop trying to be something other than. Um, And we get that exchange between Di Diana and, um, and Drew that was really telling. Uh, I didn't know where they were going to go with this. With the whole, you know, by the time they they they're never gonna see us coming. It's gonna be too late. How did you feel about that scene? I mean, yeah, I think it was a interesting scene. Uh, you can see that they were at odds, and like you said, Kane pretty much is resigned to the fact that life is what it is. They had no other options. They had no other choices. And all this daydreaming that Drew has been doing about being an NBA husband or a, a artist, and Diana wanting to just go off to college, they need to let it go and realize that Monet controls them completely um and it's not much they can do out um, outside of from being under her thumb um and then we know while kane is resigned to this the other two drew and diana don't have this same feeling and they're not gonna go under her plan as easy as easily as kane would like them to do it so it set up a nice little foreshadowing of what happened later in the episode um but it was a nice intense scene between the three brothers i mean the three uh siblings uh, so i enjoyed it indeed so we get a real quick scene where Kane and Monet just pull up on some nigga shit to the right. Western crib and just rob them. Right, take Throw Braden under the bus. Art, <laughs> yeah. Art, art off the wall. <laughs> just talking, talking cash shit in their house and borderline, well, low-key throw Braden under the bus. Um, So I, I thought that was hilarious. But uh, this pretty much sets up that he's pretty much even though it hasn't been like said or stated, he's pretty much severed, you know, this tie with the family. Like he can't really go back to his family at this point. Uh, anything on that? No, I think it was just like a, a nice comic relief scene. So 
So I, I enjoyed uh, Monet and Kane kind of intimidating them and robbing the Westons, getting one over on them. So it was funny. Yeah, we get a, a really quick scene out of that um, where Monet is trying to figure out what's going on with Drew and Diana and Kane's being real. Like, he might, be, they might be out. Like, it might right. be back to me and you like it was in season one. And Monet, master manipulator, like, ah, that ain't going to work for me. Um, make it happen. Uh, she also presses out um, Kane about Effie. He's like, what's going on with Shorty? And he's like, look, she's not taking anybody's lawyers. And she's like, well, you need to fix it because that's that's her thing. She tells other people to fix stuff. Fix things, yeah. And uh, why don't you take us in the Effie's first night in? All right. I got to make sure I got this right. So, Oh, so Effie is in her lovely prison orange. Uh, she's being processed into the jail. And, of course, we get a, you know, what what TV show that has a jail scene will be complete without some type of snarky prison guard uh, who doesn't like the character for reasons. Uh, so they get a little, you know, a little snatchy back and forth. Uh, you know that's the same her. lady, right? Uh, she was in, yeah, who, but I couldn't remember who she did it for. Who was she? Uh, Tasha. Tasha. Well, Tasha was in jail. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, wow. So they, they did a good callback. They did a good callback. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the midst of all this, Effie is slipped a phone, and it's basically a warning that Monet, Monet is out. To, I can't know what to say exactly. Monet is out to get her or watch out for Monet. Um, and we we would assume that this was a message even from Tariq or um, Kane, maybe Kane, uh, telling her to watch herself because his mom uh, had just told him the scene before uh, to put out word that if Effie doesn't get in line, they may need to kind of remove her. Uh, so Effie is not having a good start to prison. Um, you want to get into the next scene, or you, or you have any thoughts on that one? Not really. You pretty much said everything that needed to be said. Go ahead and take us to the parking garage. All right, so this is with Davis, our lovable lawyer, and um, Tariq are meeting up, uh, just kind of talking about the plans, what to move forward. Uh, this is another person, Tariq, brings the idea of doing something to Monet or, or trying to eliminate Monet. And David said the same mindset of Tommy. Um, I don't think that's in your best interest to, to get rid of Monet or go out to Monet right now. I understand that you're going through some things with your uh, mom and all that, and you're feeling betrayed. Uh, but he says it's probably in their best interest to, um, instead of focusing on trying to remove Monet, to possibly look at another way of getting out of this. Uh, and this one, too, and Tariq brings up the idea that Tate must have been involved. Uh, he puts two and two together and finds Tate must be the source uh, that kind of connected all of them together. Um, and they need to find a way to get rid of, uh, not get rid of Tate, but get Tate off their side. Uh, so the plan basically comes to data. Uh, instead of taking out Monet, let's try to get Lawrence to recant. And then let's get Effie to chill and, and get a part of the team. And they should be able to get everything shut down. Uh, what you think of the, uh, the Davis and, and Tariq uh, interaction? This was a very interesting scene because Davis was kind of to a degree back to his normal, like, let's make moves side. But it was some villainy shit in there because for each time he was like, I can take care of this. Um, what's the deal with this? When it came to Lauren and Effie, he was like, they got to go. You need right. to kill him, which he's never outright said. At least I can remember. I don't think he's ever outright said you need to kill somebody. Right. And he, he said, those are your bitches. And uh, they yeah. got to go. I was like, damn, like Davis. Davis needs to talk break. to a counselor. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's going through it. He's no grieving from his brother. We'll, we'll let him get a pass. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that plan is set in motion. Um, he he wants Tariq to talk to Effie and see if he can get her to, to kind of calm shit down as you spoke. Uh, so, back in holding, uh, Effie gets, gets ran up on, handles herself quite well. Um and this was just like, this was a little too, a little too like, damn near felt like a music video because she survives the fight. Then the Starkey guard just comes like peering around the corner, like you got a visitor. And I'm like, in no, no situation. I know where, you know, we, we get really nitpicky, but like, there's no situation where realistically someone who just got attacked would be immediately taken to visitation. Right. Like they would try to figure out what the fuck is going on for a, a little Especially bit, especially since the guards like were involved in breaking it up. Like, exactly. They immediately take her to uh, to Tariq, and um, I was just like, apparently anybody okay. can just visit her too. Like, <laughs> right. There's no rules. Anybody want to come visit you? They come visit you. Yeah. Uh, so you know, Tariq is like, look, we have a problem, and the thing I I have to give Tariq credit for. Ever since things fell through with Effie, when he found out 
and he confronted her about it. Yes, he's mad with her and he has every right to be upset with her. But he he has not really held a grudge. He's just like, I'm not really fucking with you. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been holding a grudge for sure. Um, but like he's been trying to keep things business because the gravity of what the real threat is outweighs their relationship woes. So he's like, look, I can we're working on trying to get you out of here and we're working on trying to get this whole thing like dropped. And he's like, but I need that picture of the daughter. And of course, off screen, she found everything he needed, mm-hmm. um, which I would have appreciated seeing, you know, getting Effie some screen time and, okay, and having her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, well, yeah, how she even did it from just some random picture that exactly. apparently is years old. Exactly. Like it would have been nice to, you know, let her let her Lois lane it up and do some digging. Show us a show us a different layer to Effie. We know she's smart, but let her, you know, let us let us see the the resourcefulness, and when it comes to you know something else outside of the the norm. Um. So, like I said, she found the daughter already, but of course she wants out before she gives that up. Um, and there we got we pretty much get Tariq giving Kane and and Braden the news. The main thing about this is their their goal is they got to get they got to get Lauren to pretty much recant what she said so they can get it all thrown out, um, which is obvious. The biggest part about th- that I took from this scene with the three of them is that Kane is going to push Brayden too far. Um, and had things not ended the way it ended in the season, well, in the episode, I felt like had they drawn it out a bit more, Kane was... Kane was going to push Braden way too far because, like, it's one thing that you rob my peoples um, in their own home. But, like, you wearing my brother's watch and you talking all this shit, like, Kane may be a threat, but Braden, I feel like Braden's still not, like, he he's not, he's cautious, but I don't think Braden's a bitch for real. Um, I think Braden gets a lot of shit because he's not fully in the life, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think he's that much of a bitch as, as Kane thinks he is. Um, how did you feel about that plan and um, their interaction? Right. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. the plan, of course, is to try to scare uh, Lauren into recanting. Um, you know, which I guess is a good plan. Um, but, uh, yeah, the interaction with, with Brayden, it would have been cool to see how far they... Because they, I didn't note that, that he kept trying to basically rubbing it in that he, that, that he robbed him and he has control of his family. So I wonder where that might have gone um, had they not ended the way it is. So I guess we won't really ever know. Um, but at some point, you think anybody will snap. Uh, but I don't think Kane has his mindset that he thinks people aren't going to crumble under him if he puts enough pressure. He's been doing it with Tariq. Uh, and I guess he was just kind of transferring it to Brayden. Well, even bullying Brayden since they met as well. Um, and I guess he feels like Brayden is still far from the from the snapping point. So from there, uh, they put their plan into motion. Um, we get our our reappearance of, uh, I don't know what Lauren's last name is, but Lauren's parents. Um, of course, Papa Lawrence, Papa, Papa, he's, he's laid out. And Kane, doing his usual Kane thing and doing entirely too much, uh, pushes, pushes way too hard and uh, has Drew standing over his parents tied up with the, with force Mm -hmm. and they pretty much just muscle her into helping. And I mean, grand scheme of things, it was never going to be a future for Lauren and Tariq. Uh, But he was genuinely trying to like do the ghost thing of like, look, I don't, this is not what I want, but the outcome needs to be what I want. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not happy with how we got here, but we need to fix this. Um, and he was trying to make it as clean as possible, but you know, Kane being Kane, uh, just forcing, forcing everybody's hand. Uh, what, what's, um, what was your thoughts on that? I mean, it seems that they got what they wanted out of it. They just want to try to get her to do it. I don't know if they need to be so heavy handed with it, but I guess that's just a part of the game. Uh, but ultimately she says she's down with it, but she does with the caveat that she's done with Tariq. Like she wanted nothing else to do with him. She knows he is just as bad as 
uh, Sachs kind of made him out to be because uh, he just keeps doing things to kind of double down on that as opposed to anything to try to resolve it or change it. Any last thoughts before you go to the next scene? Um, no, nah, not really. It was just sucked for, even further for Lauren. Um, so from there we get a uh, we get Tate, you know, pretty much borderline claiming victory. The the main thing I I wanted from this was because the way Davis was lurking, I thought Davis was gonna pull some crazy shit, like play some audit some leaked audio or run up on the stage and blast them. But no, he just pretty much. Uh, approaches him and is like, look, we have a problem um, and you're part of it. You cause part of it. So you need to help us get out of it. Um, this man, Tate, swears he's 6'3", the way he talks to people sometimes, because I got the, the same vibe when uh, when he tried to run up on Ghost and was like, look, you need to give me back my money. And oh, well, when Ghost kind of borderline took his position. And he, you know, he tried to get hard on him. Um, so I, I I appreciate them showing the um, the code switching <laughs> turned off between the two of them. But in the midst of this, we get Harper ear hustling. And she's done. It's over. Um, which, again. Wasn't she done two episodes ago? Exactly. And they show no, no reason for them to get back together? Exactly. So they, I mean, they just make these characters like they're there, but for why? Um, and that's what that's what that's what Tate's been rolled this entire season is just there for the sake of being there, but not really bringing too much, in my opinion, extra to the show. Uh, and even in this scene, uh, he agrees to for one, they don't really explain how he has this control or this authority or this power. And then how he agrees to, like, do whatever they say just for a large campaign donation. But I thought he had just won the election. What campaign? Well, is no, he, running? he he's he's running for Congress. He got the Democratic seat. Oh, OK. Yeah, well, the Democratic nomination. Yeah, he wasn't fully. He wasn't fully in there. Uh, and plus, you. he's still a he's still a hustler. So if he can squeeze you, he gonna he gonna try course, and squeeze you. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's the choices that they make with some of these characters. It's like why why borderline fix things between them just to immediately end them? Like, what's the point? Right. That screen time could go somewhere else. Um. So, you know, she didn't she she said what she said to that reporter. So I'm pretty sure that's going to come out pretty soon and it's probably going to hurt him, but not enough that it would, you know, exile him from the show. Yeah, I just want to um, do a better job of him next year. If they're going to bring yeah. him back and not give him that, the, the show that he was promised, which he may which may have been better if it was just like really dedicated to that politically motivated um, background. But the fact that they just kind of keep stuffing him in the show is is getting annoying. Yeah. So I could be done with him. Yeah. I still like him. I still like when he pops up because, you you know, he's usually going to do something for a laugh um, at the very least. But, yeah, they got to they got to manage him better. And, you know, if they keep him in the future. Uh, so from there we get uh, Kiki is in the clear, but she has questions. Um, she's back off to Ohio, but she asks the hard questions. Um, and the main thing from this is that Braden is he's really reeling from his his actions of of recent. Um, in which I, I spoke to last week, it doesn't, it wouldn't have made sense for, for Braden of all people to be like, yeah, you know, I caught my first body and I'm thirsty for more. It was like, nah, Braden, he, like I said, he's a, he's a stand to a degree. He was a stand up crook, you know, stand up villain. Um, any, any feeling on that? I'm not ready. Cause this is another character that they introduced this year that they didn't really do much to make you be invested in her. So I don't care that she has a change of heart and she's going back to her family and trying to start over and be a good person. I mean, I guess the the, the biggest gist of this is just kind of where seeing where Braden's mindset, because it kind of set him in the mindset of uh, action later when he's kind of more checked out because he doesn't want to slip deeper into this lifestyle. But uh, a quick scene with Kiki when they didn't make a scare about Kiki over the course of the sh- the the year really. Uh, I think it was just a, a way to pad the screen time. Yeah. Um. I guess giving those two actresses one last little umph before you know they, who knows if? Well, I doubt Kiki's back next season, but who knows if we see Harper again? Um, and I'll explain why on that later. Uh, so we get our face to face between um, Effie and Lauren, and um, Lauren asking the hard questions, and but also being real. 
Like, what what in the world was going on? Like, and furthermore, you tried to kill me. So it's like, you, you know you tried to kill me. So, like, tell me what, what's really up. Like, where, give me something honest. And it, the, and where I think Effie blew it was she was trying to be smooth. Like, she was trying to be cool and cute. And Lauren was like, nah, fuck that and fuck you. And Effie could tell she blew it. At least she thought. Because she didn't, she was she was trying to put on this front that, like, I'm just a badder bitch than you or so, some shit like that. And Lauren was like, I don't care about none of that. Explain to me why you felt you had to kill me. And yeah, it's a real quick conversation. And Effie, in my mind, she she kind of blew it. How did, uh, because she definitely didn't get, she didn't convince her. She definitely didn't convince her to, to switch up. How did you feel about that scene? Uh, it was a and, nice scene, you know, between these two. Uh, and I think a good kind of goodbye for Lauren. I don't think she has any future in this. Sh- and I know she has a couple of scenes after this, uh, but I think it was like a, one last strong scene for her to be in before they kind of write her off. Because for you know, she made every reason to come back for season three. Definitely don't see a role for her in season four or beyond. Um, so it was nice on her part to kind of finally get the upper hand. Uh, like I said, she didn't really get much out of it because Effie couldn't give her anything. Because uh, I don't think Effie truly understands. She thought she was just doing the right thing in the sake of protecting herself. Uh, but she really had no valid or legitimate reason to try to hurt Lauren when Lauren was leaving. Um, so, you know, good scene. Two young actresses did a good job. I like them both. Uh, I think we're setting up the kind of the, fight, the farewell for Lauren, though, that we, you know, we see in a couple of scenes later. Well, why don't you go ahead and go to the very next scene, which is uh, the continuation of Lauren's um, testimonial. Uh, so Lauren basically just frees up on the stand. Uh, she says she basically recants everything, and not only recants everything, but kind of throws Sullivan under the bus. And makes <laughs> yeah. it that Sullivan... Uh, knew that she was hurt and traumatized and uh, not doing well and she forced her to say it was Effie uh, to further her own um, ambitions. Uh, so she basically uh, not only kills Effie's case but kind of uh, kills Dorico. If if they try to bring forward a grand jury and it's known that one of the lawyers was uh, trying to falsify evidence or force people to testify uh, incorrectly, that's going to be a bad look for them. So Lauren went uh, scorched earth. Not only did she kind of Get the reek off their back, but she kind of burned Sullivan badly in the process, which yeah. always happens on this show. The <laughs> lawyers never end up on the good side of things, at least not the you know the so so quote unquote good guy lawyers, the ones that we should technically be rooting for because they're trying to keep murderers, drug dealers off the street. Um, but you know they're not the protagonists of the show. Indeed, all I kept think was Jenny gets screwed again. Sax told you, he told you to let it go, but you didn't. Now look at you. Can do it. Uh, pretty much. Um, Medina wants to shut it all down. And w- when you think about it, this was, to a degree, this is what Lauren thought was the safest move for the both, for her parents. Um, she could care less about every, you know, Tariq and everybody else. Because um, she's done, as we see. Because, you know, she's, Tariq's asking her, like, what the did, you know, what's up? Are you all right? She tosses that burner. Her and her parents, they ride off into the sunset. She takes mm-hmm. one last look up the stairs, like, she's waiting for Judy, uh, Judy Winslow to come back down, but she doesn't, and they out. Um, meanwhile, Effie gets released from jail, and, <laughs> oh boy, um, Effie's out. And she's she's happy to be out. She's happy that, you know, he did what what he said he would. He, she, she gives up the info that she promised. And for whatever reason, she thinks that they could just kind of work on going back to the way things were. No, you can't. Like, you, you cut the man deep. You lied. There's no going back to that. Right. Which initially I felt she kind of handled pretty well. She was clearly hurt because she, you know, she didn't want to take the ride back. And as I've said earlier, Tariq is just he's kind of about business at this point. He's like, look, what happened, happened. What's important now is that you're out. The charges have been dropped. Let me give you a ride back. How did you feel about that? That scene and why? And what do you think led her to believe 
that um she could actually that they could actually just kind of make things go back to the way they were mm. i mean i think this all just kind of goes back to her feelings i think she already had some real feelings for him when they were talking about planning their future they had those i think she even boarded up what about the talk they had in italy uh, i don't know if was, i remember her saying it at some point but like they had this whole plan of their life beyond the life they're currently in and how they want to be together and happy and Tariq was like he wanted to do better than his parents did uh, so I think she was just really invested in it and believed in that and I think she's just kind of holding on holding out hope that that could still be possible um, and I think that all kind of ties back to her childhood where she didn't really have a family she didn't really feel loved so now that she did meet somebody who was talking about a future with her and loving her uh, I think she's just really reluctant to let it go even though it's delusional to think that it could go back the way it was so I think that's just her expressing that. And I, like I said, I, I agree. I thought at the time it was like, okay, um, you know, would I have taken over? I would have probably took the ride and we could have just sat in silence. Uh, but she, you know, she just said she's going to make her way back because she's always been making her way. Um, so I think it just kind of finally shut down to her delusions and made her back to the cold Effie that she has historically been on this show. Any last thoughts before you hit the next scene? Um, No, we'll, we'll come back to that sentiment. By the end of the episode, uh, so we get a we get a quick scene between um, Braden and Tariq where it's time to make a move on Noma's daughter, and um, Braden's like, "I don't think I can do this. Like, no. this is this is this is this is getting wild. It's getting too too heavy, and I feel like I'm out." And Tariq, obviously, you know, upset, um, but I think that realistically anyone else in this situation in the real world, not people who watch these shows all day and fantasize about what they would do in this situation and how they would take the tough route and, you know, strap up and all that stuff. Braden did what Tariq should have done a long time ago and was like, look, if this whole murder charge thing is, is dropped and we can get out of this Rico, I'm out. Like I'm cutting and walking away. Like, I already took one hit for the, you know, the Stansfield thing, but like my family is in shambles, which, you know, you can't really knock him for that. Like my, my family's in shambles. Uh, my life is in shambles. I killed my uncle and I'm, su- I'm supposed to just kind of suck it up and move on. I don't think, I don't, I don't want to get deeper into this, which is a, a normal human response. Um, how do you feel about that particular scene? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it, but I'm just tired of this back and forth with Braden flip-flopping every other week. Uh, as to whether he's in, whether he's out, whether he's committed to it, whether he's digging deeper. And it was just another scene. Um, and I think it was just a really quick scene just to also just set up the drama at the very, very end of this episode. Because um, they had to have some safe, some some somebody to come save the day because uh, it was looking very dire. So I think that's just another, just to add extra drama. But I, I do need him to pick, like 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 uh, Tommy told uh, Tariq, pick a side, be in or be out. But this wishy-washy back and forth, I'm sick of it with Tariq. I mean, not Tariq, uh, Braden. Well, technically, it's both of them. Yeah. Um, it's just that it's just that Braden's leaning more towards the side of of not the life, and Tariq has been leaning more to the side of the life while having the the regular life as a part time. So it's like it. They're both do to a degree doing the same thing. One's just leaning heavier to one side than, than the other. Um, why don't you take us into the buildup scene between, um, Diana stopping by, uh, Tariq's, uh, place and the, the, the following scene. Uh, yeah. So then we get the next scene where, um, it all starts coming together as far as the twist and the biggest twist in terms of the episode where Diana comes to Tariq and basically, finally is the person who has been giving Tariq what he wants to hear because this entire episode he goes to he talks to Obi he talks to uh Braden he talks to uh Tommy, Tommy. he talks yeah. to Davis and they all basically tell him no don't go to War Monet don't you don't need that beef you don't need that action come up with a better plan but he finally gets somebody who doubles down and gives him what he wants and it's basically um not only are they doing it but it's an inside person it's somebody who has the access who who can probably get him as close to Monet without having him him having to overly risk itself. So it's like basically a gift given to him that um, Diana comes to him and say, "Hey, Monet needs to go. She's the biggest problem. She's been a pain in all of our side. Uh, we need to do what we can to take her out." 
So, so what'd you think of the scene? Uh, this was interesting. And especially considering the fact that Tariq was, he was kind of in, um, I thought that he had kind of, he had kind of like seen the light with everybody else. So like, okay, this isn't the right move. Uh, but like you said, like, I think all he needed was one person to just be like, yeah, like she got to go. And of all people, it was her own daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of caught me off guard. Uh, so from there, we, we immediately enact the plan and the plan is essentially she's going to get Monet out of the house and take her to Drew, presumably, uh, so they can squash things. And Tariq is going to ambush, put two through the window and she'll say she didn't, she has no idea who did it. Um, so yeah, like I said, surprisingly, they, they get right into action. Uh, Tariq's across the street. I don't know where he has these that gets these access to to silencers and stuff like <laughs> that. Um, that campus bookstore has everything. Right. Uh, and now he never had a car. Now he's driving all the cars. Right. I, I, maybe he stole it or what. But uh, yeah, it doesn't go according to plan because we get for the first time in this series, Monet being motherly to Diana. Right. Probably for the first time since Diana was the born. The worst time possible. It, it, of course. And of course, this would be the moment. And it still wasn't that motherly. It was kind of. It was kind of an apology, but it was still a lot of bullshit into it. Like, she was like, I didn't pick this lifestyle. and But you didn't have to force them into it. Uh, you and Lorenzo could have been doing all types of y'all little shady business dealings without forcing your teenage children to also be involved in that lifestyle. Uh, so she was being motherly, but I think as uh, it's, it's, it's much as they can be motherly. And we can yeah. that. Yeah. So um, Diana suddenly has a change of heart. But of course, it's too little too late. Um, but not for the right reason. Somebody rolls up, Uzi out the window, sprays it. I don't know if it's an Uzi or Mac 10, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, sprays it, drive by in broad daylight. <laughs> Tasha. Crazy. <laughs> where did she didn't get a gun and where she get the car she was just a witness protection 24 hours before and now she got access to guns she's shooting people and i i don't even understand why why did is it, uh, is it because tommy told her that monet sent her after her why, why was tasha upset with monet um i yeah because yes tommy said that that's how that's how she um she found her well, she, that's how he found him, her. Um, he, cause he asked her, like, how did, she was like, how did you find me? And, um, Tommy goes, your friend Monet Tejada. So there's that. And you also got to remember that before Tasha goes in the witness protection, I think she, she either calls or meets, no, she meets up with Monet in the bar. Um, and that, that's what I, I want to say. That. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, look, that's like funky. leave my, yeah she was like leave my son out of it um so she already's probably like gunning for her she was already gunning for her to begin with um so yeah we're at the hospital and <laughs> this is where my jaw hit the floor yeah this one it all went to hell yeah diana diana miss shocking diana queen stella diana did it again blames Tariq. And this this one really made me mad though. Like their whole plan is like really pissing me off because why blame Tariq? Diana and Drew, Tariq has never done anything to Diana or Drew directly. I mean, of course he's involved himself in their family business, but I don't think he's ever purposely tried to hurt Diana. And I don't know if him and Drew ever had more than a handful of even interactions where they were in the same scene. So the fact they're so willing to set Tariq up for this fall, um, it's just ridiculous to me. It's like why? What's the motivation? Um, but it definitely was a shocking twist because Diana definitely t- unleashed Kane, the uh, the attack dog, uh, c- to give Kane permission to do what he's been itching to do anyway, and that's take Tyreek out. Um, so my bad. Go ahead. But what was no, you thoughts? good. You good. This is pretty much where we see the master plan that they laid out a few days ago, where it's like, look, Monet's got to go, and this is Drew being smart. And like, look, it can't look like it came from us, so we'll get Tariq to do it. Like, yeah, Tariq's cool, but if it means our freedom, we'll, you know, we'll we'll get rid of him. Um, and this just so happened to fall in Diana's lap where it worked out 
um, to where she could still blame Tariq. So, like I said, their their goal was take out Monet, blame Tariq. Kane does what Kane does mm-hmm. um, because Kane's been itching to take to kill Tariq since he met him. So it, it's a full, it, huh? I said pretty much, yeah, yeah. It's a foolproof plan. We find that, um, and this was this was probably like the best twist to it was that um, I was like, oh, it was actually it wasn't Monet technically. It was Diana po- posing as Monet. Right. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> she know Monet, Monet look like you ain't got to wear no wig. I, I mean, guess she could have been like a redhead woman because right. you know, she's not good with names. Exactly. Um, and this one, this is when I was like, oh well. Initially, when I saw this scene, I, this part of the scene, I was like, oh well. Then Kate has to stay around because she's the one that can pretty much point out that like, no, Diana's Monet to her. Uh, but like I said, I, I remembered the boxes, so. Who knows how that comes to, to truth. Um, so this is where we get, this was a, it was a quick scene, but it was a big scene. Uh, Tasha meets up, well, Tariq meets up with Tasha and he says his goodbyes one more time. But the main thing that came out of this was that Tariq is looking for, for a solution because things are screwed up and we find that the trust is gone. Because of the Ponzi scheme, the trust is gone. The moment I heard this, my first thought was, okay, he doesn't need to be in school anymore. Like, there's no point because mm-hmm. he was only doing it to get the trust. Right. Um, and then with what happens in the in the ending of the episode, it ain't safe for him at school anyway. Oh, yeah. There should be no more school on the show. Yeah. I mean, at most, at most, maybe Effie can moonlight as a student still and still do her thing. Um just to keep, you know, some of the other characters and by the other characters, I mean, Bruce Chandria and possibly uh, Becca Weston right. um, slightly involved. Uh, but yeah, between between uh, Harper not being there anymore, uh, well, no, not having a reason to be there anymore. Uh, and Tariq, there being no spot for Tariq anymore. There's no point in Tariq being a student at uh, Stansfield or anywhere for that matter. Um so Tasha's like, well, damn, okay, it's risky, but there's going to be a power vacuum now that Monet's down. And you need to put yourself in the position to to come up on top. Um, so, yeah. How did you feel about the way that all transpired? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a cool little scene. Just to, I'm still trying to figure out what Tasha's role in this show is moving forward. Like, is she going back into witness protection? It sounded like she said she was. Because it's just very confusing how she's in and out, dipping and dodging. And I don't think witness protection will let you quit, come back, quit, come back. That ain't how it really works. Um, but anyway, yeah. So basically, she gave, I guess, her last bit of motherly advice, even though she basically effed his ward up. Well, I guess she didn't purposely know that he was going to get blamed for this murder. Because he doesn't even know at this point. Uh, yeah. He doesn't know until, until the final scene. Um, but we, we definitely get that little touch of mother-daughter moment. Um, which son. leads to another mother daughter, uh, mother son moment that was weird as hell. Who goes to your child's job, especially if your job is like a law enforcement agency, to get them some mail? Pause. What was Paz doing there? Paz, Paz does that. Pause like I, somebody's job. Paz totally does that. That doesn't shock me at all. Um, go ahead, can continue with that. Um, so basically, Sachs also had a letter for uh, Mister. Um, I don't know his name. Valdez, maybe, I guess. I junior. Guess junior. We're just going to call him Junior. Or Junior. Um, I don't know why his mail got delivered. So, oh, I guess he wasn't home. I was about to say, I don't know how the postal service was so quick with all everybody else. But he has been home because he's been burning the midnight oil trying to take down as a part of the task force. Um, and we find out that there is a key, um, what are those things? Thumb, drive. thumb drive. A thumb drive. They don't tell us what's in the letter. We know it's from Sachs. And he gives a thumb drive. What that thumb drive going to tell? Maybe it's Tariq's uh, confession at the graveyard. That's I don't know how that affects yeah, but I don't know how that impacts. But I guess that don't because that he was he was confessed to his. No, I guess nobody ever was officially charged for Ghost's murder. So maybe right. they'll 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 try to blame that on him. Um, but Paz being Paz just shows up at her job, her son's job. And I just thought it was such a weird episode that she did that. I'm like, who does this as a grown person? My mother showed up to my job, uh, just for any reason, and was deep into the like this is a law enforcement business or agency of some kind, and she was way in the back. They just buzz her back to deliver mail like she the postal service. 
Uh, it was so goofy. But hey, Plaz, get your check, girl. I don't like much of you, but get your check. I'm not mad at you. Any thoughts on that scene before we get into the the, the dramatic conclusion? Um, no, nah, that was pretty much it. Um, pretty much just echoing what we already kind of picked up off of um a while back. That yeah, this agent is Angela Valdez's nephew. Um, which in the grand scheme of things really should not be connected because the only thing Tariq had connected with Angela Valdez was, was ghost and he had nothing to do with her death. Um, well, Tommy too, but, um, to a degree, we think that Tommy, well, the new New York thinks Tommy's dead. Um, people in Chicago have got eyes on Tommy and they're going to, they're going to piece the two and two together that he is in fact not dead. So that's all going to come to a head eventually. Um, but yeah, pause getting her check. That's right up her alley. I could totally see that. Um, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that it was the, the graveside confession, um, by Tariq. Cause I can't think of anything else it could possibly be. Um, so from there, take us, take us into that final scene. All right, so we get uh, just a surprise after surprise after surprise. Uh, Tariq is there to meet with Noma. Um, you know, I guess I think he was trying to uh, basically steal Monet's thunder. Monet's down. Basically, I'll pick us up right where we left off, and I'll keep moving the business ahead. And you need me, uh, but unfortunately, it does not go in Tariq's favor. As first pop out all of the Tahada kids in dramatic fashion, um, and basically say, uh, "Put the blame on him for killing Monet." Uh, he tries to kind of object a little bit, but they're like, nah, nah, you did it. And Kane's ready to pull the trigger. Uh, so he thinks he can pull out his his uh, trump card. And he throws down the name Anna Covington, which is Noma's daughter. And then we get twist number two that Effie has already um, told Noma about um, her daughter to try to get back on the team. And Tariq's, Tariq's trump card is not valid. Uh, so next thing we know, Kane is raising his gun. Uh, to finally get what he's been dying to do since he first met Tariq, and I'll let you finish it. What happens next? Uh, Braden to the rescue. Cowboy Braden. Yeah, we get our shootout because we ain't had no no action in a while. Guns busting. Uh, Braden hit somebody. I he, thought it was, I Kane. It was Kane. It looked like yeah. Kane fell. Well, at least he went down. I don't know if he was hit, but he. That was the only person he actually got. Well, he had a couple of other the, the anonymous goons. Um. Or maybe Tariq was, so they all started. But apparently everybody had a gun. Because then Effie yeah. pulled out a gun. I think all the Tahadas had guns. Even Diana had a gun. Uh, Braden was shooting, and he threw a gun to Tariq. I don't know if it was an extra gun or a gun somebody dropped. Everybody just started shooting. Uh, and all hell just was breaking loose. Uh, and like I said, Cowboy Braden, I guess, is fully invested. He comes back shooting. They get into his beds, and they flee the scene. Uh, and that's kind of where we left. Uh, that, and he he, he started a war. He also lets it know that um, Obi gave me the heads up. Obi tipped me off that like oh, Brady, it yeah. was yeah that that they were about to get the jump on you. So we see the connection um, of Tariq helping Brady, uh, Obi in episode nine, and also their little interaction this early in this episode is already paying off. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, that's where the episode ends off. Um, and I got to talk about that that scene. It was a little cartoony. It was a little cartoony. Um, that that was my only real disappointment. The execution, like, you know, Kane walks out from behind one corner, and then Diana and Drew come out from another corner. Like, you tried to kill our mother, Tariq. Right. Uh, I saw you. And, like, yes, you almost killed me, too. And then, and this was like the, and then Effie pops up, and this is where I was kind of disappointed um, because they kind of did a disservice to Effie. Effie has always been about business. She hasn't always been about the petty shit. But this this was simply, she got back at Tariq because there was no reason, you know, for her to really do this. She was just as scared as the rest of them. Like, we have to get out from under her thumb. Mm -hmm. So she gave up their one Trump card well, because he down. didn't want to. Huh? I said she doubled down, basically. Yeah, because she didn't want to because he didn't want to get back with her. So because he didn't want to get back with her. She just completely gave up the trump card. Like now you're you're in for life with Noma, unless Noma suddenly has a change of heart for whatever reason. But I was just like that. That doesn't make sense for Effie. Like you're solely motivated because he rejected you. Like come on, that's you're. I mean, she probably you're, still needed the money too. Remember, she still for sure need this money. 
for sure. But like the goal was to get out of from under Mo, uh, Noma's thumb. Now the rest of them, you know, Noma and her little, you know, her little squad, her her new kids that were all standing behind her, um, they're now even deeper under her thumb. So I'm like this. This was this felt it felt a little rushed, but you know, and and it was a little it was a little little cartoony. I didn't hate it, but like I felt like it could have been better. Uh, but yeah, as it stands, it's it's Tariq and Brayden, Tango and Cash, Ebony and Ivory against the world, and that's where we leave off. Yeah, man. I wonder how it's gonna be. I mean, I, they, I don't want to see what they can go with this next year. I mean, because normally they don't keep people at odds for a long time. Uh, so is it really going to be as true Tahada versus Tariq season? Or do at some point do they come back together? Does Monet wake up out the coma? I don't know if she's in the coma, but does she get better and say no? But I guess why would she say that? Because they're going to still stick with their story. That's right. was trying to kill her. So there's no reason. Unless Monet, he can get to Monet kind of separately and kind of convince her out of it. Um, but I think this is a, a nice way to uh, have an exciting finale. Uh, some of it was, like you said, a little cartoonish. Uh, but it was exciting enough that I'm gonna be ready for season four. I'm interested to see Indeed. what they do with it. You know how it how it plays out. Uh, so it was a good solid end of the season. I'm gonna give this as far as a grade an A. I think it was a solid A. It wasn't like an A plus. It wasn't perfect. Uh, but if that was the fine, if that's the score you scored on the final, uh, the final, the final exam, you passed this class with fine colors. Colors. Good job. Power. Uh, any grade? Final thoughts? Predictions for next year? Because uh, we are, you know, this will be our last time talking on these mics probably until, what, three months or so. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully you guys will stay with us, keep rocking with us. Uh, I know it's hard to start and restart the show, um, but, you know, we do it because we just like doing it. It's fun. And the people who listen, we appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, keep listening. Uh, if you ever want to see us, I, sometimes people talk to me about it in person. They are reluctant to come on the show and be a guest. I think we only had one guest ever. But you can still be on the show. You can be a guest. You can listen. Uh, let's just have some fun. Uh, my bad. I was ranting. Nah, you good. Go for it, you sir. Good. Uh, so I think I gotta give it. It's passing, but I gotta give it a B minus because there was some, there was some fumbles in there that um at this point, not just in this particular series, but in the universe, like I feel like there's some things we could be doing better. Um, but as far as you know, what what's to come, I'm I'm really curious because the way this plays out or played out, I should say, there's no reason for Tariq to be back in class. Um. It's now him and Braden against the world, so I don't know how they're going to get their money uh, because the the Weston Holdings is done, um, which means the coffee hustle is done. He doesn't really have a connect anymore. Um, I can't say that he – I mean, at this point, he's, he's against Noma, so fuck trying to pay her. So, like, what – how do Tariq and Braden regroup and come back to to get back at these guys? Um, cause my prediction is that, you know, however far in the future it, it jumps, um, Noma and the Tejada family along with Effie are going to be running things. Like I'm pretty sure business is going to be booming for, for them. Um, if it's up to me, Tariq and Braden go into hiding, they go into, you know, into, into training mode. They get their weight up. They come back a little swole, a little buff, get some facial hair, um, if you really leave it up to me, which would never happen, they spend half a season with Tommy, just like learning no, the real shit, huh? Crossover episode or two. Give me like two, two or three. Um, you, you know, they get out of New York and they go, you know, they go level up with Tommy and just learn the ways of the crazy white man. Um, so that way, when they come back, because. They don't have numbers. It's just the two of them. They're not going to recruit nobody from school. Um, at most, just to keep him around, you could probably shoehorn 2-Bit in there, which I wouldn't mind just because 2-Bit's an asshole and he he offers some some comedic relief from time to time. But, like, they don't have nobody. Like, they don't have any outlets as far as from what I can tell. Um, you got any predictions before we get out of here? Nah, man. I'm just, I'm just curious to see where they go because if they really got war, what resources do at this point they have no resources as far as Braden and, and Tariq. Uh, meanwhile, they're going against like really a, a whole army of people. Uh, Tahadas, they got their street people. Noma got her goons and all that. Um, so I'm just curious as to where they go with this. And maybe you're right. Maybe sometime with on with Tommy. Uh, maybe they find some long lost 
connections, but I, I have to see. They need to give me a realistic story as to how Tariq and Brayden are going to fight this war against an entire organization as just two, at this point, broke college kids because they don't even have family money anymore. Um, yeah, so we, neither we one of them. Gonna go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with that being said, we want to thank you guys for rocking with us for so long. Um, be sure to go back and get caught up with everything you may have missed or just some of your favorite uh, banter between the two of us. Uh, Force will be coming back September 1st. And, uh, you know, you can always look forward to your boys uh, giving you that good stuff. So before we go, as always, you know where to find us. You can find this episode as well as others at the PLP podcast. And you can find my stuff uh, at Off the Clock, O-F-F-T-H-A, Clock Podcast. And as always, I'm one half of your host, Triple D. And with me, as always, is... It's Carlos D. And we'll see you guys next time.